0: Community Call Excerpts, July 11th, 2020. This is Episode 19 of Relationship by Design, the podcast. We thought today we'd give you some excerpts from the community calls we have a few times a month. We take people's privacy seriously, and you'll only be hearing from the leaders of Relationship by Design. If you like what you hear, consider joining us for the next call, by going to the community page on our website at relationshipbydesign.com and sign up to receive notifications about upcoming calls. Conversations and topics covered today. Introduction. Power. What do you have to lose? Choice in the little things. Forfeit in power. We don't know how much time we have left. Education. Live inside. I don't know witness hallucinations and gratitude allow and love listening and racism love and fear tomorrow being present being here now and goodbye for now
1: wow
2: look at all these beautiful people welcome to saturday morning here and Saturday afternoon and other places, and Saturday evening and others. So we welcome you. We also wanna make sure to include you in knowing that there's a workshop that is taking place right now with Relationship by Design, which our dear partners, Carol and Paul are leading, and uh, including some people in the workshop from Sweden. So what we love is that our world is expanding. And it's including people from different parts of the world now, as well as close to home. So let's get going, huh? Well, listen, what's uh,
1: kind of what's behind this other than getting together? Because uh, a lot (laughs) of us uh, have been, quote, quarantined. And uh, hi, Laurel. And... uh, So, being quarantined, sometimes we're not all of that close to or are able to get that close to our family members and other people. Uh, So, we thought it would be fun just to be able to get together from time to time and uh, say hello and how are you doing and what's happening in your lives. So, uh, that's really what's what's behind this. We're back. back. We're back. And um, we're back to
3: doing it.
1: I don't know that uh, uh, you all know this, but uh, the way Sandy and I learn things is by having conversations with folks like you. So uh, so in a sense, what's behind this is an opportunity to uh, discover something. I'm always listening to learn something. And, and it was interesting. Yesterday, we were having a conversation with a couple of sisters. We... we Figured we'd talk a little bit about family. Hi, Karen. <laughs> hey, Sebastian. Gabriel, is that Sebastian or is that Gabriel? Gabriel. Hey, uh-huh. Gabriel. Okay. Gabriel's got more Hi, hair Vivian. than he used to. <laughs> Hi, beautiful ones. <laughs>
3: and I even know how to speak gorilla.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> That's that's gorilla. uh, 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 Thanks, Karen. Karen and uh, the kids are in London,
2: Mm.
1: so uh, so we have people from quote around the world. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, the idea is to have conversations where we discover something, learn something, uh, find something out. So uh, you know, as far as we're concerned we're relatively old, but we're never too old to discover or to learn things. Yes. As a matter of fact, if we're not finding out new things about uh, life and others and ourselves, uh, we might as well be gone, because uh, uh, that's really what makes life fun, is is new discoveries, new insights. So I was about to say, we were talking with a couple of sisters yesterday, And uh, what they discovered is that they'd been kind of holding back their expression of their love for each other because they were afraid uh, that maybe the other one didn't feel as the same way, you know, maybe as much of a heartfelt experience of love for uh, the other. So they kind of withheld hope, you know, withheld communicating that but then they started to feel alone and separate. So, you know, the very fear that they uh, had actually then, the fear of being separated (laughs) actually came true by them uh, acting out the fear rather than uh, expressing their love for each other. So there's something really, really special about families and uh, we thought we might just have a conversation about how you're all doing. What are you discovering? What are you seeing? What do you have to share that's been working? What do you have to share that hasn't worked? <laughs> and we're all going to learn stuff. You know, it's interesting too, Norma, is that uh, uh, there are a lot of people who have differences from ourselves. Uh, and it's no big deal. Uh We have family members are different than ourselves and we get upset. You know, what's that all about, right? So there's gotta be something in the background uh, to be acknowledged that would have a family member saying some particular thing or expressing some particular view and it's upsetting and somebody else could say that it's not upsetting at all.
2: Yeah. Interesting to see what's in the background. So true, it's me, it's here.
1: Yeah, well, it could be a word that starts to sound something like love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's also, uh, <coughs> Carrie, it's also reclaiming your power. To the extent that you're waiting for somebody else to, to initiate something, you're giving up your power. You're giving up your freedom, if you will, to make something happen. Mm-hmm.
2: People don't view it that way,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, I know people don't view do it that way. That's why we have these conversations from time to time, to see if we can start shifting our views here and there, you know? <laughs> That's what That's makes the it difference. True. You know, that is really a great question uh, that you kind of ask yourself, what do I have to lose?
3: Because
1: yeah. I bet in many cases there is this sense of uh, <laughs> concern or a fear of losing something, uh, <laughs> you may, you may, as you inquire for yourself, you know, as you kind of explore yourself, what do I have to lose? Come across different things and find out. Well, not really. And I thought I was going to lose that, but not really. And you have, and then you have a real freedom, uh, not just a cliche. What do I have to lose?
2: Because but it's the, the fear of, of the
1: losing.
3: That it's the fear of the losing that holds you back.
1: Yes. exactly. Exactly. And when uh, and when you can identify it uh, and express it, you know, you become the master of it rather than it's the master of you. So it's just really worth it's a great question to explore. What do I have to lose, especially inside of family? You know, so uh, not that there's a particular answer, but it really is a worthwhile question.
2: Yeah, thanks. You can kind I, uh, of see,
1: you can kind of see uh, the basis for a lot of different kinds of family dynamics just out of that question. So that's great. Hi.
2: <laughs> I have something hi, that, hi. I, that I think is kind of like, um, it's, it seems so simple, but there's so much more to it for the experience. So the simplicity of this is our daughters have been doing our grocery shopping now for several months. We haven't been in a grocery store uh, since this whole thing began. And um, it it was a big thing for Lon in particular because he was our shopping man for groceries. And it was a great game for him. He really loved the game of grocery shopping. And uh, it, it was really hard at the very beginning to not have the kind of game to play that he was accustomed to playing. And so he went through an experience of, you know, trying to do it anyway. You know, he wanted to go to, so our daughters wouldn't have to. And they would get really mad and tell him, no way, no how, you're not going. And, uh, but the fun part that I wanted to share is over these several months now, this has become um, a gift to us all. Uh, we have a different relationship with our daughters. And one of the things that it shows up for is yesterday when our groceries were being delivered by our daughter, Kirsten, it's what's so amazing to me is that I don't really almost have to tell her what to look for. I mean, I can say, okay, buy this. And if she goes to the store and it's not there, She makes another choice for us. It's no longer I can't do it because it's not the exact one and it might be wrong. She's willing to make a choice for us. And there's this relationship that we have that she knows that no matter what she chooses, we are going to love it. We're going to appreciate it. And that somehow rather in that kind of trust and allowing for that, her being us in the store, has only expanded our relationship. And I know that can sound absolutely silly, but it's the best gift. It's like, I know, we know, we could live together. You know, when your children leave and they go off and they start their own life and they have their own ideas and their own choices? For the, really, it's like we could live together. There is no question about, is she going to buy the right thing for us now? does she really know what we want (laughs) we know that she knows that she's okay whatever she chooses and that we're going to be okay so I just wanted to share that the little things that also make for the experience of relationship and the experience of connection that are there in those little small ways so yeah we're experiencing being loved and loving
1: there is a tough moment though, because when uh, Kirsten or Heidi, uh, either one of them, come to drop off the groceries <laughs> that they so generously get for us,
2: uh, and they go to the driveway, they don't come in the house by say it's,
1: it's a moment of frustration because I want to hug them,
2: <laughs>
1: and they won't let me. <laughs> Not that they're concerned about themselves; they're concerned about me, just in case. You know, they've been in a market and. Take care. So uh, it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, it's going to really be fun. I don't know how many months it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a year <laughs> or two or five or whatever, but there, I'm looking forward to a hug. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's uh, right. Please. Yeah, Zach?
3: Um, in listening to everybody's, well, your story, Sandy, and everybody's, I think we all can relate to the whole, well, they should be calling me. Uh, conversation with some family member. Yeah, uh, I've certainly had that conversation with my parents, my dad specifically, um, and I'm thinking about the conversations that Sierra and I have even had around. Well, like I'll do what you want more if you uh, like. I would be more likely to do so- the X if you did Y more often than to me. <laughs> and kind of what's what's present today is um, realizing how much we give our the we give our happiness is so much dependent on someone else. Like we, we give up, I think you've long, you said something about giving up the power or something like that. Like we forfeit our ability just to feel content at peace, happy, and we put it into someone else's doing.
1: That's and, great. That's a perfect word forfeit.
3: Yeah. And I'm realizing like how much is like, is available to create. I mean, either get off of it, or it's like, you're the one to pick up the phone. And once you do that, it's like you're, yeah, just new things can show up. It's just really interesting. There's this deep, like condition that I think I know I fall fall into all the time with Sierra. Um, And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing when you think about how much you know. We like to think that we're creatures that have control over our own choices, yet we seem to give up a lot of those.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking as you were speaking too, Zach. Is uh, often we're calling uh, or communicating or attempting to, you know, initiate a call with a uh, a hope or a dread, mm-hmm. but seldom do we just uh, call not knowing. <laughs> yeah. You know. What's going to happen? Let's find out yeah. what's going to happen. It's, it's usually we're already predicting something.
3: Well, and to, and, and to that, Sierra, so we had a really good conversation last night about just intimacy and not just physical, just in connection intimacy. Bummed we missed that workshop still in Cabo. But we, um, yeah, and you said something to me that was like, I think really, really, uh, what did you say too? Mm. It, was, it was really, really powerful though. It was something around. Well, it
0: was me being a genius.
3: But yeah, you-
0: I don't know. I'm just making it up so that I know.
3: <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, I'm like blanking on. But it, it, oh no, she, she said like you're. It's even when you serve, like you have to watch out for the scheming that's in the background. Like, okay, I'll call my dad because if I call him, you know, I'm gonna call him three times in a row because surely after three times, it's his turn. <laughs> And and I expect, without asking for it or making a request, that he, of course, will call me the fourth time because I've done the last three. It only (laughs) makes sense that he'll call me. So when he doesn't call me, then, ha, he's a dick. (laughs) And I just and so I was doing that to Sierra.
0: Well, what I I was noticing was the second we get stuck of like, well, if I do this and I do that, then you're you're kind of in this this cycle of all of these if statements. Well, if I call, then then this will happen, and then we realize, well, that's all imaginary. That's not actually happening or going to happen because it's not really there, right? Mm-hmm. And so,
3: well, you're scheming, get, like, yeah,
0: it's just a little, mi- it, it's kind of some mischief in there.
3: Rather than just calling, because that's what I'm doing is I'm calling my dad. And i oh, just like so everyone gets that example. Rather than just doing something for Sierra, because that's what I'm doing. I have noticed that I I do it with an expectation that then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without making the request.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. And it's not a function of avoiding the expectation. It's just seeing that there's an expectation, uh, and, and just seeing it allows you to relate to it differently.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just that automaticness. So, but we
3: we know we called it out. So we actually had a really, really good yesterday and today and better than we have been in the last three to four weeks as a couple, simply because we discovered that and had gotten mm-hmm. in almost like, um, for what it's worth, for those that are waiting for a phone call from somebody, it's almost like just to call them and say, look, I was calling you with an expectation you would call me, but I realized that I, that's in my m- own mind. And almost like you kind of have to, there's actually is power in falling on your own sword of expectation, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. what I've noticed is in the other person, not all the time, but there's it has shown up within you, I don't want to say come to my rescue, You'd be like, well, no, 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 I mean, I'll, I've done that too. It's like, we're more likely to almost like pour outward towards each other when we realize we're both sharing that same, same pitfall.
1: Yeah, very great, very great. Thank you, Zach.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We're living like there ain't none left.
1: Yeah, very great.
2: Congratulations, I Thank think you. that's brilliant that Thank you brought you. it up because that's in the background for a lot of people nowadays. And I can tell you that uh, I, I found myself the other day, kind of looking at things around me thinking, if I weren't here, would they know what in the heck to do? <laughs> you know, it's like those little things like you know, the, um, you know, you know, the um, password to something. They don't know it, you know you know where something is put away somewhere they don't know it, so I'm just starting to see what you're talking about, Rona. It's like how much we live in tomorrow someday and not present to today, and the privilege it is to be alive for one thing, you know that we have today, and we have this moment to be together and and we you know we don't know, so I think it's pretty extraordinary to take this moment and get present to that. So thank you for bringing that to the forefront. Appreciate it.
1: You know, it's funny because I was thinking about our education process is all about knowing and you get good grades, the more, you know, and then in life becomes about demonstrating how much, you know, and, uh, Uh, what would life be like if we just lived inside of, I don't know, you know, what would that invite in terms of conversations with others? What would that invite in terms of making phone calls? You know, whatever. It's like, I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) It's pretty, pretty great because it, uh, it does allow for some room for some magic to happen.
0: So a little, little comment on, I'm not going to call them until they call me. So um, I kind of take a position of kind of uh, like not knowing. I cannot at all possibly know what's going on in another person's mind. I only hallucinate it, and that causes <laughs> suffering. And the fact that they're not calling me, I, I'm a huge proponent of don't take things personally. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. But one thing I wanted to share, which has been in my mind, really extraordinary about the opportunity of COVID is that when this whole thing first started, I, uh, reached out to my family, um, which is from Seattle to Boston to Paris, France. And with my cousin's help in Seattle, we set up, um, weekly zoom calls, family zoom calls on Sundays. And, um, I have two sisters I have a twin sister Joyce and I have a sister that's four years old older Judy so Judy's married um, to Rob and we spend very little time relating at all Um, usually it's holidays and things like that and I've always kind of missed that Um, there's a little bit of being on opposite sides of many different spectrums in terms of politics or anything else but here's what what's happened And this is I put into the category of witnessing because I like to witness a lot is that the call started happening. Judy started jumping on and there's about, I don't know, 10 or 15 of us. Judy is silent. And I should say Joyce was on once, but she said it's not for me. Okay, but Judy jumped on and this is somebody that I don't really know and I'm aware that she doesn't really know me. So in the first couple of weeks, Judy was really silent. And then Scott, my cousin, started saying, Judy, how's it going, stuff like this. So Judy's been engaging more and more and more. And in a safe family context, and from my perspective of just kind of witnessing is, first of all, I've gotten to know family members I never even knew, the people in, in France, um, Brooke and Fred, and Fred's a nurse, and he's on the front lines with COVID there. And kind of it goes on and on and on. But with Judy, it's like I've gotten to listen to her in terms of, you know, what her life's about. And on the other hand, she's had an opportunity to get to know me because I don't withhold on these calls. And I talk about things that I know she's not really familiar with, like alternative healing and things like that. So it's been an extraordinary gift. To, um, in a setting like this, to be able to kind of express yourself in a way that is yourself and has meaning for yourself and allows other people to experience you in a way that would not happen on a phone call one on one. Right. So, anyway. The thing that just really jumped out at me the last time we were on the call is Judy at the end of the call just kind of said she came out with this incredible expression of gratitude for being on these calls. And I have never, ever heard her use that word. So anyway, I'm just grateful for her gratefulness. And I'm grateful for these calls on a uh, at least maybe twice, once or twice a month. yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs>
1: that's great. that is Beautiful. our intention yes thank you john it's great.
0: yeah you're welcome
2: that's great
1: i was i was just thinking about how much we think we know uh i think you called it hallucination or something it's <laughs> like we we think we know uh someone else and how they're going to respond and how they're going to act and the truth of it is we really don't know
0: we don't know, you
1: know how yeah, amazing i mean you really look, you see how much you really don't even know yourself, but for sure how much we don't know and we think we do. Uh, our, and I, I think
0: that's thriving. where self-suffering comes in. I think we yeah. suffer ourselves a lot. Yeah. Some people call it monkey mind. Some people call it other things, but it comes down to suffering. We create yeah. a lot of suffering
1: for ourselves. Yeah, that well, makes us heroes. Just allow them to make whatever choices they do about you know, putting themselves at risk. Well, I don't, probably there's no how to, there's, uh, there is just it and, uh, the allowing, you know, you just, there's not a how to allow, you just allow. But it occurred to me, uh, that if you were speaking to, uh, your family, uh, not from some maudlin notion of I'm not going to see you again, but from the really the realization that I may not see you again, um, and especially in a time like this, you know, what would you say uh, each time you have a chance to speak with them? What would you say uh, if this, you know, if this were the last time? 'Cause you don't know. And with this kind of a with this kind of a condition it could happen. But is are you are you satisfied that they know where you are with regards to life and with regards to them and like that? And I think it's probably as uh as much as you can do with regard you can't You really don't have control over even members of your family as to how they're going to live and how they're going to confront different aspects of life. But you for sure can say what it is that you want to say, no matter what might happen in, you know, in the future. So it's, uh, so you could have some fear that they're going to make a mistake and not protect themselves and be gone um the truth of it is, I suppose, kind of you know, even if it's not with the virus or something like this, they're going to be gone someday are Are you uh in a sense complete with your relationship with them? Is there anything to be said, anything to be expressed uh you know inside of this concern? Yeah, and if you circle back to the start of the time that we've had here together, uh, that for the most part, we're listening inside of something's good or bad rather than just different. Yeah. So, uh, so with regards to racism, uh, probably when the truth is told, each one of us here you know, on this call has a slightly different take on it. You know, we may have overall a general agreement or disagreement or whatever that is, but uh, you know, there's probably a unique, uh, slightly different take by each one of us when it comes right down to it. So it's uh, it's it's not it's not even a function of understanding. It's just an, it's more a function of allowing. Uh, the acknowledgement of and the, and the allowing of that each one of us has a different take on things. And uh, the pull is to throw it in good, bad, right, wrong, which is about a primitive uh, distinction as you can have. But mm-hmm. uh, when you take it out of the good, bad, right, wrong, and here it's different, uh, then we can start get interested, getting interested in each other's uh in each other's take you know each other's view mm. but
0: I, I just so you know it's
1: something just to hang out with and and uh and be with that and see how much you can actually allow for the difference to
2: exist mm-hmm. right and they they seem to have transcended their anger at making somebody else wrong
1: yeah Yeah. It's interesting. It's really great, Rona, because it's, uh, you know, we did a workshop on love and fear. And it started off with kind of an insight or a a supposition, if you will, that maybe the opposite of love isn't hate. Maybe the opposite of love is fear. And uh, (coughs) and when the uh, fear gets expressed, uh, love shows up. But initially, fear has a lot of... um, symptoms and the (coughs) one of the most prevalent symptoms of fear is is uh anger and one of the another symptom but not quite as prevalent is the sadness so i i think you're dead on when you really look at it uh it's more about fear and sometimes the loss and the sadness and sometimes that isn't recognized because that immediate response is often anger Well said, thank you.
2: Thank you. We'll just be tying this up. It's interesting that we continue to kind of look from tomorrow. You know, what's going to be happening tomorrow? What are we going to have, you know, tomorrow or next week or next year? And spend so little time in the sense of being here now in the moment with another person. We're always busy. Like I can tell, you know, I have this to do later. I have this to do. I've got to go here. Instead of like, one of the things is we've had this declaration for CCC that we've just, you know, shifted quarters. We don't have it anymore, but I'm not going to give it up because it's something that has been so powerful for us. So I think we should do that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we can, we can say, say, I, I love, love you.
2: you. I love you. And there's some so totally different experience. And so uh, that's what we want to bring into our being here now is being here now (laughs) with each person. And, you know, whether it's our family, whether it's this family, whether it's your best friend, whoever it is, but that we can say, I love you. And then there's, I love you. And that's what I invite us to engage in. And so right now, we're going to tell you, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here and contributing your presence, your being here with us. And we look forward to it. We'll have a couple of them that we'll let you know about in August. And uh, we just appreciate and love you. And our partners, Carol and Paul, send their love to you as well. And uh, I know you'll bless the people that are engaged in the workshop this weekend. And we'll look forward to seeing you, too, very soon again. Have a great weekend.